Hi, you with Julian on the brown note, and if the washing machine goes, I'm gonna kill it. Climate change, we're all gonna die, part two. Uh, a couple of weeks, months ago, I did a piece called We're All Gonna Die, um, and the main premise being that the impact of climate change is already happening, and it's happening far worse than the most extreme modeling that the climate scientists were widely using due to the impact of right-wing news media squeezing them for decades to give off the weakest readings they could. So we're always sort of, there was this extra weight on the science. And apparently in private, most climate scientists already agreed that what was coming was going to be much worse. And we're seeing it already. We are already seeing the extreme impacts of climate change that we were told would happen 10 years from now happening now. So on that happy subject, let's have a look and see if anything has happened in the last couple of months since I made that piece. Has climate change ended? Maybe we were all wrong. Let's start in China. Extreme China heat wave could lead to global chaos and food shortages. China is experiencing a never-before event, and the impact will reach far across the globe. Far across the globe, causing potential chaos and food shortages. Cars, batteries, solar panels, food, global shortages, and soaring prices are almost certain. Now, bear in mind we already have much of those things in place uh, before this happens. As China's seemingly never-ending heatwave sears on, I believe that it has uh, finished the most extreme heat event ever recorded in world history. For more than 70 days, this is probably the end, mid first week of September, for more than 70 days, the intense heat has blasted China's population, factories and fields. Lakes and rivers have dried up. Crops have been killed. Factories have been closed. More than 900 million people across 17 Chinese provinces are subject to record-breaking conditions. That is, what, one-tenth of the world's population? From Sichuan in the southwest to Shanghai in the east, temperatures have been topping 40 centigrade. In the Sichuan city of Dazhu, an air raid shelter has been converted into a heat refuge in Chongqing subway stations are opening to offer subterranean recovery stops. But the extreme heat and dry weather are having far-reaching effects. Energy, water and food supplies are being hit across the country. Rivers are drying up. Dams are emptying and also electric production. Hydroelectric plants are shutting down. That means factories are being closed. So they've got all these rivers with hydroelectric dams drying up that run all the factories that produce all of the world's goods. That means factories are being closed to divert electricity towards residential use. In the fields, crops and animals are wilting, as are their human tenders. Hundreds of thousands of acres have already been seared, with serious worldwide repercussions expected on food supply and prices, especially vegetables and grain. The uh, overnight minimum bottomed out at 35 centigrade in Chongqing. That's the overnight minimum. These are the highest temperatures China's ever recorded outside the occupied desert province of Xinjiang. There's nothing in world climatic history which is even minimally comparable to what's happening in China. Well, let's have a look <laughs> because I can assure you there is.
So China's doing well. What about somewhere else? Let's have a look at Pakistan. Since June 14, 2022, floods in Pakistan have killed 1,700 people. The floods were caused by heavier than usual monsoon rains and melting glaciers. Always a winner. It's the world's deadliest flood since 2017 and described as the worst in the country's history. Uh, the Minister for Climate Change of Pakistan, Sherry Raymond, said that the provinces of Sindh and Balochistan had received more rainfall than the August average by 784% and 500% respectively. Higher than average monsoon rains were also recorded in India and Bangladesh. The Indian Ocean is one of the fastest warming oceans in the world by an average of 1 centigrade above pre-industrial temperatures. Oceans in general are around 0.7. The rise in sea surface temperature is believed to increase monsoon rainfall. In addition, all southern Pakistan experienced back-to-back -back heat waves in May and June, which were record-setting and themselves made more likely by climate change. They created a strong thermal load that brought heavier than usual rains. Uh, Pakistan contributes less than 1% of greenhouse gas emissions, but is one of the places most vulnerable to climate change. Uh, 1,700 people died, uh, 550,000 people are living in temporary camps, losses are at 40 billion. Uh, Sherry Rahman, the Minister for Climate Change, claimed one third of the country was underwater at the end of August and there was no dry land to pump water out. Uh, heavy monsoonal rain and floods have affected 33 million people in Pakistan since mid-June, destroying 800,000 houses and damaging 1.2 million other houses. Um, if you're a fan of Tom Cruise's long-running Mission Impossible franchise, the last of those entries featured uh, a terrorist who wanted to detonate a nuclear bomb in the mountains in Pakistan to cause the glacier to melt which would in turn destroy a large chunk of the world's drinking water and cause unbelievable flooding over another large chunk of the world and cause enormous because they're irradiating the water but this is the, these are the glaciers that are actually melting they're not melting because terrorists set off a nuclear bomb they're melting because of climate change uh just recently Topical, I am. Hurricane Ian, the um, least charismatically named hurricane, has just hit Florida. Something like 20 km an hour below a Category 5. Um, I remember being very disappointed to find out that I'm Julian and the, um, the uh, hurricane called Julian last year only raised up to a Category 1 before dissipating into a weak cloud. So Hurricane Ian, uh, Reading College recently published a study looking at all hurricanes during the 2020 season and concluded climate change was adding up to 10% more rain than uh, to today's hurricanes. On Thursday, they used the same models to compare Ian's rainfall and concluded it was at least 10% higher than it would have been without climate change. This is one of the clearest indicators of how climate change is impacting storms. 
I mean, it's not like any scientist said 20 or 30 years ago consistently that it would lead to bigger and more severe storms. Uh, it may not seem like a lot, but two inches on top of the rain, uh, already large amount of rainfall makes an enormous impact. Over one acre, that's another 54,000 gallons of water. Get metric, guys. Across the region, stream gauges soared in some cases to record highs. Ian's heavy rainfall also exacerbated the effects of a few feet of storm surge on Florida's east coast. Well, d this is all well and good, but actually one of the biggest impacts on um, of climate change on America is this border crisis you're hearing about. Got nothing to do with Biden. It's got nothing to do with Trump not building a wall. It has to do with climate change. There are tens of millions of Mexicans that work in America and live in Mexico or in some formal state in between. California and Texas were Mexico up until 150 years ago-ish. Those are itinerant workers that America needs to do everything from picking crops, animal slaughter, cleaning abattoirs, waiters in restaurants it keeps that's the engine room of of the that part of the country the number of actual illegal immigrants trying to move to america to live and not solely doing so on i work on this farm every year are coming from central america because of climate change uh in guatemala here in a small mayan indigenous village of zucup men and boys pack tight tightly and stand in the back of pickup trucks in the early morning heading to the fields to check on their crops after a night of harsh rain. It's early June and any strong storm has the potential to derail months of tending to crops, mostly maize. These days everyone is on high alert after back-to-back -back hurricanes. In one of the homes right off the main road, sisters Miriam and Irma are beginning their day. They stand in front of an open fire kitchen, good natured and talkative, making their breakfast and chatting in their native language um, about their plans to make the trek to America again. Both sisters tried reaching the US southern border in December 2019, but were apprehended by Mexican law enforcement midway in Mexico and sent home. Since then, they've lost their crops to last year's hurricanes. And now more than a year and a half later, they're ready to try again. Thousands of Guatemalans and Salvadorians and Hondurans in agrarian areas are increasingly leaving their communities. These days migration, including the record number of unaccompanied children, is on the rise in rural areas as an increasing portion of the country's land and population faces the fallout from climate change. And it's not just climate change acting alone. Food insecurity, malnutrition, poverty all tie in together. Guatemalan migrants have been apprehended at the US-Mexico border more than 153,000 times this year, according to US Customs. But as the Biden administration navigates a puzzle that is a US immigration system, there's another far-reaching challenge it faces, climate change. It's impossible to know the motives of all migrants, but US and Guatemalan officials say climate fueled displacement is a likely factor for thousands who've decided to strike out from home and head to the US. It's really well, so in Australia we've got Sam, 
so Australia's had two years running. Sydney used to have blue skies all summer. It was the key selling point to living here. And for the last two years, after the year of the worst bushfires on record, we've had two years of torrential record-breaking rain and floods. And we're now going to get a third. Uh, spring is here and the outlook is damp. Australians are well acquainted with La Nina. Uh, the damp th <laughs> damn thing just won't leave. And coming to grips with the uh, rain-bearing negative Indian Ocean Depot. Now there's another weapon pattern. Weather pattern to wrap your head around the southern annular mode. The Bureau predicts warmer than average surface temperatures paired with negative Indian Ocean Dipole and a likely La Nina event will lead to a wetter than average spring. Uh, it says the SAM index is likely to be positive for the coming three months. After that, La Nina kicks in and we are on the cusp of our all-time yearly record for rainfall. We, in Sydney, we went past our average rainfall for the year in April. Uh, and I think we've only got one record left to beat and we'll probably do that with three months of the year to spare. And if we're getting all this rain, it's not actually working very well on the other side of the pond for Mexico. Water's become a sacred commodity in northern Mexico. Reservoirs have been hitting the bottom of their basins. Taps have been running dry for millions of people in the city of Monterey where a water shortage was called a mass, uh, matter of national security. The cartels are actually now involved in the water trading business. People have sabotaged pipes. Truck drivers delivering water have been kidnapped. Ranchers in rural areas have lost their livestock or sold their herds prematurely because they can't feed them. People are making lines to obtain a few litres of water. I wonder how it is possible that they reach this level. In March, nobody was talking about the socio-economic drought, and all of a sudden we realised that Monterey was facing the worst drought ever seen in that area. For more than a year, northern Mexico has experienced abnormally dry to exceptionally drought conditions, but water shortages have become increasingly dire in recent months. So as I said at the top, we're all going to die. And one of the biggest impacts of climate change is climate change. There are many elements of climate change that exacerbate climate change. You've probably heard about things like methane gas trapped in places like Siberia and the you know permafrost melting and releasing all of that, making it even worse. But before you go to bed, think about this. The cold regions of the world, which are historically to the poles, or at least to the north hemisphere and the south hemisphere, have trillions and trillions of tons of frozen water currently being melted. All of this water will add trillions of tons of weight to fault lines around the world, which are often, you know, like the ring of fire towards more towards the center. Imagine on fault lines that are already unstable, trillions of tons of weight, making earthquakes and volcanoes even more likely have a good night.